Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Why did I put up with this for so long? How is that possible? I never even saw it. Are you kidding me? In the words of Debbie Mirza in her book, Worthy of Love, you were chosen to play a role you didn't even know you auditioned for. Wow. Is that what was going on in my life? What role was I playing? Maybe multiple roles. What role are you playing and where did you learn to play them? As kids growing up, we learn a way of interacting with our world. And for me, I learned to put everyone else before me that their feelings mattered and mine did not. And I truly took this to heart. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you've not read the book, Worthy of Love by Debbie Mirza, I'm just going to tell you right now that I highly recommend this book. And I want to look at this role that I've played in detail. When I say that other people's feelings mattered and mine didn't, I mean this to the extreme. If someone was upset with me, it didn't matter if I'd done anything wrong or not. It didn't even matter if it had anything to do with me or not. It was absolutely my job to make them happy again. And most of the time, I believed that their anger was always about me anyways. One of the forms of negative self-talk is personalization. Personalization is when you believe that their feelings must be because of you. Now, I didn't personalize their happy and positive feelings. Not really. I definitely personalized their negative ones. This was very fear-based, afraid of their judgment, afraid of God's judgment, and even afraid of my own judgment. As I got older and I started learning, you know, that maybe their anger isn't about me, I still internalized it. If someone was upset at all, it was my job to fix it. It no longer mattered if it had anything to do with me or not. I either believed it was my fault and thus my responsibility to fix, or that it was my responsibility, even if it wasn't my fault. And if I didn't succeed, now it's my fault. So either way, it was my fault and my responsibility. This had a major impact on me. I was always watching out for any form of anger, frustration, disappointment in those around me and worked extra hard to fix things immediately. I was taught that you didn't go to bed with someone mad at you. This was biblical teaching. And, and if I went to bed with somebody mad at me, it meant I was at risk of God's judgment. Now, a large amount of my upbringing came through the church. One of the teachings that, that I learned in my childhood and in my church was, it isn't worth the risk that you might be wrong. Now, let me explain this. If God exists and you are serving him, then great, you're fine, and you're going to go to heaven. If God does not exist and you are serving him, then no harm. You've probably lived a more loving life anyways. But if God exists and you don't serve him, now you're in trouble. Now you will go to hell. It just isn't worth the risk that you might be wrong. This was the logic that was taught to me at a very young age. In fact, it's one that I used to convince others to join the church. Well, this carries over into a lot of other aspects of one's thinking. If someone is mad and it is about you, you go and you make it right. And hey, everything's good. If someone is mad and it isn't about you 
and you go to make it right, well, there's no harm. In fact, they may even appreciate your concern. And if someone is mad and it is about you and you do nothing, now you are at risk of God's judgment. It isn't worth the risk. So I always was on the alert for the slightest possibility that someone was mad or upset and then had to go make sure it wasn't about me. I had to go take care of it because if I didn't, then I would be at risk of judgment. God's judgment, their judgment, my judgment, it didn't matter. It was just a whole lot of judgment. Now I look at all of this and I say, okay, this was extreme thinking. And I see that now. I spent a large part of my early life believing this. My life as a child, a teenager, a young adult, a newly married person, and even well into my marriage. I did not learn healthy ways to handle other people's anger, frustration, or disappointment. I learned that their negative feelings were my fault and my job to fix. I'll give you another example. If I was caught in traffic and thus I was late to pick up a friend, and this is at no fault of my own, okay? I had left in plenty of time, but I got caught in a traffic jam. And maybe they're agitated or frustrated when I get there. I learned or I believed this was absolutely my fault. They were agitated, angry, frustrated with me. Well, maybe they're just agitated because now they're going to be late to their appointment. And that agitation is there, okay? That's about the circumstances, not directed at me. It's completely justified and would not be a problem if I could see it that way and they see it that way. But I did not have the ability to see it that way for most of my life. Whether they were actually mad at me or not never even crossed my mind. Of course they were. And I was already internalizing all of this and I was already hard at work to make things right with them. This created the perfect environment inside of me to be attached to a manipulative, self-focused, exploitive, and entitled person. I doted around all of his negative feelings all the time. I fixed everything. I took the blame and the responsibility. Narcissists blame you for anything and everything they possibly can. Well, guess what? He didn't even have to. I beat him to it. I was already doing it to myself again and again. I was so used to everything being my fault and my responsibility that I stepped right into this marriage playing that role. Again, a role I did not even know I had auditioned for. It was a great fit for him because he wanted no responsibility. He wanted no responsibility for anything that ever went wrong. No responsibility for creating a safe and healthy marriage. And by safe, I mean emotionally safe. No responsibility for having healthy relationships with his boys, for being content in life. It was always someone else's fault that he was so unhappy. And I'd just jump right into the way of whoever his anger was aimed at. I'd just jump right in the way because I believed it was all my fault. And here I was the one doing all the fixing. I was the one doing all the apologizing. I was the one making all the amends. So did everyone else's feelings matter in my world and my upbringing? Absolutely. Now let's look at the other side of that. Did my feelings matter? No, of course not. You see, if I was upset, it was my job to fix that. I needed to change my perspective. I needed to be more loving, understanding, and forgiving. No one needed to apologize to me. That didn't matter. I was taught to turn the other cheek. I was taught to forgive 77 times seven times. I was taught to give grace. These aren't bad things, and I've talked about that on here before. 
As a child, I wasn't allowed to say, but I don't want to play with them. They're mean. I was told, well, you're supposed to love everyone and be nice to everyone. I was even told that, you know, you could be a good influence on them and help them to learn, which may be true, but I was the one always shoving my feelings underneath the rug. I was told, well, you need to forgive them and you need to be understanding. So I did. This was my role in life to play, but I didn't see it. You don't see it till you see it. I swallowed my feelings and I normalized their behavior to the point that if I couldn't drop being mad at them, then I was in danger of God's judgment and again, afraid that I was going to go to hell. Do you see a recurring theme here? A lot of my life was centered around judgment, fear, obligation, and guilt, a perfect mix for a covert narcissistic marriage. If someone was upset, it was my job to fix that. If I was upset, it was my job to fix that. Not doing so was just not worth the risk. Looking back, many people ask, why did I allow myself to be treated this way? And I definitely understand that question. It is a harsh reality when you see years and even decades committed to this person, an abusive person. Uh, a person who's, you know, narcissistic and entitled, years of manipulating your words and using them against you, years of lying and or manipulating the truth, years of blaming you for their actions and their attitudes, years of telling you that you are lying, that you can't remember the truth or that you don't understand, years of intimidating you, using the silent treatment like a child throwing a fit, years of even yelling at you, cursing at you, throwing things at you to scare you, threatening you, all of this. Why have I put up with this for so many years? It does help tremendously to reflect on this question. Some people will say, no, it's their fault completely. I'm not going to reflect on that question because I won't take any more responsibility for this. This is not my fault. And I understand that. That's, that's a very you know, understandable path to take and, and a stand to make. I am not in any way saying that this abusive treatment is your fault. Many victims of covert narcissism are mad at themselves for not seeing it sooner. Reflecting on how you were raised and how it developed the thought patterns that you have can help you to have grace with yourself for not seeing it sooner. No more self-judgment. You've been through enough judgment. It's time for that to stop. No more. Another huge benefit in learning why you have put up with this for so long is to then develop better boundaries so that you don't ever put up with it again. I talk a lot about boundaries in these podcast episodes, and if you've missed some of those, please go back and listen to them. I want to say it here, and I've said it before, boundaries are not for the other person. They aren't rules that the other person must follow. You can't control other people. And in fact, trying to do so will likely land you right into the middle of another toxic relationship. Boundaries are for you. Boundaries are things that are within your control. And reflecting back on how it was my job to fix everyone else's feelings, and mine as well, by the way, you know, by ignoring them or denying them, but it was still my job, I needed boundaries for me. So here are a few examples of those boundaries. I will give others the space to have and experience their own feelings. I will not internalize their feelings. 
I will not rush in to fix them or change them. Another boundary is I will trust the relationship over the ups and downs of feelings. Now, let me explain this one. I have a few strong friendships with other women in my life, and these friendships are safe. And by the way, safe friendships and relationships are the places to start practicing boundaries. Uh, don't start practicing boundaries by trying to do them with the, you know, the more manipulative people in your life, the toxic people in your life. That's not the place to start working on this. So, so in these friendships, when one of them is upset or angry, I start paying close attention to my internal reaction to their feelings. That habitual path of jumping right in to fix it, well, it's there. That habitual path of being fearful that this is my fault, is it got something to do with me? What did I say? What did I do? Well, that's all there. But in working on boundaries, I now stop myself. I will not internalize their feelings. I will give them the safe space to have and experience their own feelings, and I will trust the relationship. Now, let me add another boundary right after this one, though. I will not stick around when someone shows that they will aim their anger and their frustration at me. Just because someone is unhappy does not entitle them to treat me with contempt, aggression, or manipulation. They are allowed to have their feelings, but they are not allowed to spew them at me. I will separate myself from that person and surround myself with people who are able to give and take the safe space for feelings in a healthy way. Another boundary is I will listen to my own feelings. I will value them, sit with them, feel them, and learn from them. Why did I allow myself to be treated this way for so many years? Maybe it was to learn these lessons. And I will say that I am incredibly grateful today for these lessons. You can't see it until you're ready. You can't learn it until you're ready. No matter how long it has taken, I am so glad that you are here now. In that same book, Worthy of Love, Debbie Mirza says, it took me years to get comfortable with saying the words, I deserve. I can relate to that. I still struggle with it some today. Perhaps I always will, but I'm learning. I deserve to be peaceful and happy. I deserve to care for my own mind, heart, body, and soul. I deserve to rest when I need it, to do fun things for my spirit, to laugh with my friends. I deserve to be free of the constant thinking and analyzing. I deserve to talk spontaneously, free from judgment and fear. I deserve to have my life be about me, my wants desires, feelings, and thoughts. I deserve to be free from chains, both externally and internally. I deserve the space to be me. And so do you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.
The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.